You know, and then National Lampoons just kept making direct-to-DVD ones of everything related to that. You know, there are people, um, there's, if you bring up Jeremy Renner, there's still people who will bring up Senior Trip. <laughs> you know what? I, I saw the VHS of that movie somewhere. I don't know where it is. I wish I could find it. Hey everybody, welcome back. After a brief delay, we are back with a brand new episode of Isle of the Damned. I uh, hope you all enjoyed your Labor Day. As usual, I'm Brian, and as always, Kent is here with me. Kent, how's it going? Oh, I'm a sad panda, Brian, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Why don't you uh, give us a little idea of what is different about this episode? So for this episode, we're pretty much not doing the full experience of the news, the trailers, uh, like you're used guys, people are used to you guys. Wow, um, you're you you listeners. We're basically going to just review two new release movies, Peppermint and Kin, and it's kind of going to be a shorter, more precise, uh, con- concise, not precise. Wow, my speaking hmm. is all over the place tonight. More concise episode, but still, we'll just talk about. Each movie, Kent saw Peppermint, we both saw Kin, and we'll leave our thoughts on that. And then next week, there'll be a separate podcast or episode uh, with like news and other stuff. So it's kind of just smaller doses of the same thing. Uh, so it's just, it's you're pretty much still getting the same thing, just in, in uh, smaller bites, I guess. Is that way you really describe it? I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I mean, the, yeah the good news is we're, you're going to get us every week now instead of every two weeks. Yeah, and exactly. So instead you, of, you know, and, was, yeah. And if you only like our movie reviews, you can listen to those. If you mostly like to listen to us right. talk about trailers and news, you can do that. Or you can just listen every week and get the entire experience. Right. So it's just it's nothing's changing. It's just more more con uh, more content or same amount of content. Uh, just fuck. Just moving on. Anyways, <laughs> I have trust on apparently. Um, but anyways, let's jump right in. So um, we're gonna start with Ken. You saw the movie Peppermint, which I think, as I mentioned last episode, I did not want to see if I unless I stabbed my my eyes with a pen uh, many times, and in, in, in I did not. So I did not see it, but I know you saw it. So let, tell us all about Peppermint and your experience. Well, I will, but I tell you what. Before we do that, though, I know that we're gonna be delaying oh, most right. of our news yes. and trailers till next week. But we did want to mention the passing of an absolute legend this last week. I know that we have spoken about him before on the show. Uh, if you're not a new listener, you'll remember our discussion about Smokey and the Bandit and Star Wars and how yeah. the two of them you know, affected us in different ways because of the parts of the country that we were from. Burt Reynolds was an absolute icon. I know I loved Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, there's the Gator McCluskey duology, Boogie Nights. I mean, you name it. Uh, Brian, what is what are some of your favorite roles that he was in? Oh man, uh, I think you, you. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, um, I, 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 I'll never forget. Even though it wasn't as popular over here, like it was with you, but like I just remember my dad watching Smoking the Bandit. 
every time it was on TV. So I remember that a lot as a kid. I don't know if it was one or two or, or which one it was, but I know that was always on a lot. Obviously, his role in what was the football movie that I can't Longest think of off the top of my head. Yeah, The Longest Yard. We actually just watched that uh, on a movie. Night Longest Yard, yes. Yeah, Longest Yard. I saw, you know, that was, of course, he was in the remake too, but the original, obviously, that he was famous for. Um, yeah, Boogie Nights. Of course, famously, he was in Striptease. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to towards the end of his career, but um, yeah, definitely, a de- like you said, a definitely legend and a definite icon in it, as far as acting goes. And I mean, his career, and then he was even he even transitioned to an amazingly popular. I remember my, again, my dad watching the Evening Shade, which was a really popular TV series in the what mid '90s, early '90s, around yeah, that time. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was surprisingly uh, popular. <laughs> Yeah, and of course he was famously married to Lonnie Anderson for a time. Back then when it wasn't like a big deal where celebrity divorces happened all the time, that was like a big thing at the time when that happened, when they, when they parted ways. He definitely had a long career, and I mean, I was lucky to have actually been in his presence about two years ago, um, this local convention that my friends and I go to called uh, Super Mega Fest. They actually had him two years ago, and he was in pretty bad shape, and it was sad. He was in a, in a wheelchair, and his he, he looked really, like, not well. Uh, just the amount of people that would freaking... Like, there was this eruption when, like, he actually entered just the con floor. Like, you could be on the other end of the con, and there was just an eruption. And everyone from other celebrities wanted to take pictures with him. He was just... It was this huge, huge deal. So, even he he's obviously, like you said, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, actor and had a pretty big, big uh, career and everything. So it's very sad of his passing. As far as, this may not be particularly funny, but of course, I always loved uh, Norm MacDonald's parody of him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> it always made me laugh, especially on Celebrity Jeopardy as, as Turk Ferguson. I, I just, it, you know, it was very, it was, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't a mean uh, portrayal, like, like it wasn't like a, 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 a shot at him. It was, it was kind of just like, it was like, well, I picture Burt Reynolds as <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, well, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm speaking and too much. Go ahead. Was there any uh, a better it, casting than when Burt Reynolds played Chubby on uh, My Name Is Earl, and then Norm Macdonald played his son? Uh, unfortunately, they didn't share any scenes together, but <laughs> I thought that was kind of a brilliant. Oh movie yeah, there, but... oh, that, that's a good point. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, no, um, I always forget that too. <laughs> Um, he, he just, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of other, other things to say, but I mean, yeah, he, it's a, it's a big loss. And I think, I think, would you say Smoking the Bandit is his biggest, you know, thing he'll always be remembered for? I I think, I think that's a universal thing, kind of. Yeah, I think that was probably the height of his fame and power, if you will. Yeah. If I'm trying to remember, I know that there was a car show. Pistons and pinups. I unfortunately I wasn't able to go because it was Labor Day weekend and I was out of town at the time. But I'm trying to remember that they uh, were asking what movies to show because they were going to do a double feature that night. And I'm trying to remember right. which ones won because the top three seemed to be I mean, Vanishing Point was in there, but the other ones that everybody wanted were Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run. So. Oh, nice! Wow, yeah. So exactly. it, yeah, when yeah. Uh, when Bert was working with Hal Needham back in the late seventies, he could almost do no wrong, uh, and right. eventually that sort of came to an end and sputtered out, and nobody really liked Stroke Race, but uh, 
<laughs> it's true. But yeah, uh, definitely if you've never seen any of his his older stuff or any of his famous stuff, I mean, his his career spans such a long time that I think it's worth definitely uh, checking out some of the, some of his stuff. Yeah, acted all the way from the '60s to the end of the mm-hmm. 2000s. I mean, he's even got a movie coming out that he filmed that's coming out after he passed. So I mean, uh, nothing nothing like uh, mainstream, mostly direct to DVD stuff. But he's been he's still been he was still working up until his death. So I, I found uh, it. they, they ended awesome. up playing Smokey and the Bandit in Cannonball Run two. So. <laughs> It was a Burt double feature. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's a good double feature right there. <laughs> I guess uh, that's pretty much it, but uh, rest in peace, Burt Reynolds, and uh, you will be missed. Yeah, 145 feature films. That's a that's a crazy legacy. So. And, and he's one of the few people that have ever not only been the top box office draw for more than one year, but... He was the top box office draw for five years running at one point. That's very rare. I mean, you got to uh, maybe John Wayne at some point pulled that off, but that was it's not something that I was about to say. That probably would have been my my guess, but yeah, I mean, though that besides that, I can't think of anyone else. I mean, yeah, definitely those those nineteen seventy mid seventy that mid seventies run of his, I think, is like something that's so early eighties. I can't think of anyone that could have topped that. That's uh. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So now let us move on to you telling us about the amazingness that is peppermint. Okay. Or well, non-amazingness. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, well, first of all, I am just going to say that the name is absolutely terrible. There's, <laughs> there's one mention of peppermint in the whole movie, and it's a character that eats peppermint ice cream at a fair. So. It, if if the character had had different tastes, the movie could have been called Funnel Cake, or uh, Dippin' Dots, or maybe even Deep Fried yeah. Oreo. So, the name is seems largely random to me. <laughs> maybe there's some deeper meaning yeah, to it that I just wasn't able to suss out. But yeah, so yeah, I wish I could stop saying this in my reviews this year. I really do, but there are a lot of films this year that are middling or serviceable but there's just nothing special about them Mm. and it it feels like I've been saying that a lot lately probably because I have but this is another one that just really falls into that two two and a half star area where it's kind of a serviceable programmer and it's made by a guy who has some talent Uh, it's directed by the same guy who directed Taken Pierre Morel uh, and so obviously he knows a little something about how to do action because Taken is a good movie. I, I, you can say what you want about the sequels, and I, I would right. actually encourage you to. But <laughs> that first one had something going for it besides just Liam Neeson growling into the phone. So, <laughs> right. um, yeah, it's just there's nothing about this movie that elevates it over other films in the genre. The only thing that even comes close to being new about it is the fact that it's a female vigilante and there's not a sexual assault right. involved. Because it seems like there's the revenge movies with the guys, and then there's the rape revenge movies with the with the female characters. Right. And this one, it's right. basically a guy's revenge movie, but with a female lead, if you want to drop everything into the it, two it, categories. Um, 
Go ahead. Right. It's, it's basically like Punisher, but instead of the wife and, and daughter and son dying, it's the, the husband and daughter, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, I mean, I'm glad. Female Punisher. Yeah, I, I am glad to see that they kind of skipped what they could have done to put it in that uh, other category. I mean, I've, I've got Revenge and uh, yeah. Miss 45 in my to-watch pile, and Miss 45 has been there for a long time because I just can't really get myself in the mood to watch it, even though it's supposed to be a very good example of what it is. Um but it's just one of those things where I I can't see watching it until I'm in the right mood, and who knows when that's going to be. But uh, in this right. case, uh, the vigilante is played by Jennifer Garner, and I think that's going to be the place where a lot of people split on whether they say this thing is okay or it completely doesn't work. I actually like Jennifer Garner in it. Um, I liked her vulnerable physicality that she brought to it, which reminded me of back when she was on Alias. Um, I like the idea mm. that someone is presented as being kind of feminine and milk toast, and then they just decide to completely change their life after a traumatic event and just bends everything towards revenge. Uh, it's the only thing in the movie that felt like it wasn't picked up whole cloth from a different film. Um, I saw it with a friend of mine that kind of disagreed, though, and thought it was just a bridge too far, and I can see where he's coming from. I mean, mm. you see Charles Bronson, and you immediately think this guy's going to shoot people in the face. Right. Uh, you see Jennifer Garner, and you think, oh, it's that lady that got her dad to sign up for a Capital One card. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess there's one other thing that's slightly different about it, and that's the fact that because it's modern, it... Uh, uses social media and it shows social media being used. Um, I, I have, didn't see mm. the death wish remake. Uh, so I don't know if maybe there's some in that as well, but, um, I, I think it started to come up in other films. It's, I mean, it still didn't feel all that fresh, but that's the only other thing everything else in the movie is a cliche. Uh, the story is right out of every yeah. single revenge film you've ever seen. Death wish, punisher, equalizer, there's a little John Wick thrown in for good measure in the action scenes, which is what I think keeps it from going down the tubes. But um, a woman's husband is approached by a friend to steal some money from a drug dealer. He turns him down, but they gun down his family anyway. Uh, the husband and the daughter are killed. Jennifer Garner's character survives. Uh, looks like she has a bullet glance off her skull. Um the dealer is part of a larger cartel. They got all sorts of people in their pocket. Uh, and as Quentin Tarantino would say, she goes on a roaring rampage of revenge uh, where she kills the murderers. She goes after the crooked bureaucrats that were paid off. Uh, she goes after the cartel itself. Uh, and along the way, there are a few honestly well-made action scenes where we get to see some pretty good kills if that's what you're looking for. There's only one scene where she does any grandstanding, where she reading the riot act to a judge, but otherwise it's just efficient, which I can kind of appreciate. That's one of the things I liked about John Wick, is the fact that instead of uh, yeah. just taking forever to kill one person, it, it's a little bit more realistic because you're just trying to kill people as fast as you can. Um, right. And... I think that Pierre Morel's too good of an action filmmaker not to nail those scenes, and that's why they work, but 
everything else is pretty ham-fisted. Uh, it, it's exactly like things you've seen before, the, the cops chasing her, the so-called twist at the end, which is very predictable, the story, the dialogue, there's even a bit that you know that it's coming because everything else has been what you've seen before, so why wouldn't this, where uh, she's about to kill the bad guy <laughs> and his daughter suddenly shows up at the right moment and distracts her. And, no! Yeah, sorry for the spoiler, but... And no. it is it is basically the only moment in the movie where she does something stupid. And it's because they need him for the finale. But I, don't know, I, I really do wish there was more to this because I want to like it, but I can't really recommend it to, unless you're really into these kinds of movies. And I know some people are. Uh, even then, it's probably more of a rental or a Saturday afternoon on HBO kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, not that I did not see it, but just from the box office and the critical response, it seems to be it seems to be the kind of it kind of didn't it, it came out, but no one went to see it. I mean, you did, yeah. but <laughs> it's like well, I, I talked before about Bad Samaritan earlier this year and how David Tennant's performance yeah. was basically what elevated that beyond what it otherwise would be. Jennifer Garner is good, but she does not give that level of a unhinged performance that would make it worth watching anyway so uh, it's it's just one of those things where it's like there's nothing and unless you have never seen a uh, revenge film before there's very little to recommend to, with it yeah so now we're going to talk about oh go ahead yeah well that's yeah that's the thing uh we did actually both see okay. kin and it, it yeah. sounds like I enjoyed it more than you did. I mean, I enjoyed it. I just think, I mean, there's a twist at the end that I didn't see coming. I, I like the twist at the end, which I'm not going to spoil. Yeah. But I felt more that it was, I feel more that it could have been a pilot for a TV show, if that <laughs> makes sense. Or like, it, it felt like it was the beginning of something as opposed to a full movie. And I, it was, it was okay. I, I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but it was just kind of there. It, interesting idea of a fourteen-year-old finding what alien weapon and what happens with the, after that fact, and you know those twists and turns. But I think it, it it's a better idea. I know it's based on like a short, you know, short story, short movie, I believe, a short, a short yeah, film. It's I should a say. Short film. Um, yeah, Bagman. It, I think it works better as an idea than as an ex in execution in my opinion but that's just me it just definitely wouldn't have got as much or talked about as much as if stranger things wasn't a thing because it's definitely kind of got helped by that kind of stuff being popular right now where kids yeah, well, kind of, of, yeah a couple you know, of the producers yeah. are worked on stranger things so yeah right right so there's some good actors in this movie you know you got Zoe Kravitz, Dennis Quaid, James Franco, <laughs> James Franco. Uh, there's a. Is there another person there that, okay. well, that I don't know if I want to spoil? But uh, yeah. Well, I get. I, honestly, I was actually really surprised by the film because the critical receptions haven't been kind. But I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, the the basic premise is like the old movie Laser Blast, but uh, after that, it's completely yeah, was, different. <laughs> Yeah. Here's the thing: when people, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very when people complain about the fact they don't make movies like they used to, I feel like I should point to this and ask them why they're not supporting it. Because 
It's an original premise. It's not based on a TV show or a YA novel or a remake or a reboot or a sequel. It's like a lot of the movies that people refer to when they say, I want movies to be like they used to because they're they're talking about like family yeah. films of the 80s. Uh, not, although right. it, it's got a modern look to it. It's not a throwback. Even if it could be... I was going to say, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, it's true. Production-wise, yeah. production wise, it's the only thing that seems out of date is how many flip phones are in it, but I think that's just kind of a subtle nod to the economic circumstances of the characters. But, like, I feel like, from a structural or story standpoint, it is kind of a throwback to those, because it's a sci-fi movie, but it's very light on the effects, and it's heavy on the character drama. Yep, I agree agree with that. I mean... And that worked for me. I mean... Uh, yeah. Basically, it's a slow burn. They, but I was never bored by it. And that mysterious gun doesn't even yeah. get fired until at least halfway through the movie. I, I think that was the only thing that kind of bugged me, and that your mileage may vary on that. It was very, just a very, very slow moving movie. And then when it got to kind of where I wanted it to be, it kind of was like, oh, and then the movie's over. <laughs> so, like, that's why I kind of think it almost felt like a TV pilot to me, where it's like, I, maybe in my mind I wish it was because I wanted to see more. So I guess, you know, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I was in, I was interested the entire movie. I was not, I will not say I was like, oh, this is, you know, I, I, like I said, it's a very interesting premise, and it does remind me, like you said, a lot of those 80s movies that did have those, like, kids find themselves in these weird, crazy circumstances that you kind of, as a kid, at least us growing up in the 80s, I think, would feel like, oh, wouldn't that be cool if that happened to me kind of thing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that, yeah. that uh, you know, all those kind of movies, like Last Starfire, all the ones where it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, you're the chosen one, you're yeah. whatever, the wizard, whatever one you want to pick. Um, <laughs> you're a wizard, you know. Harry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, okay, well, let, let's, um, hit, let's hit the basic plot yeah. here just real quick. Yeah. Kid lives in Detroit with his adoptive father, Dennis Quaid. He's... Scrapping an old warehouse, pulling copper wiring and stuff out of it. Finds this piece of futuristic weaponry, which is referred to at various times as a ray gun and a space gun. Meanwhile, his brother, through the adoption, is released from jail. He's in trouble with some gangsters, the leader of which is James Franco, who I would like to believe is playing his character from Spring Breakers. So... Sorry, that's all I can think of the entire time because he looks just much like a character in Spring Breakers. But go ahead. So the the brothers go on the run uh, to get away from Franco. It becomes a road movie, and the guys learn to be real brothers. And I, I apart from the mysterious opening, you don't see a lot of the gun getting used until like halfway through because they're concentrating on that relationship. And I, right. I actually liked getting to know the kid. I even liked getting to know his shitty brother because uh, they actually had character arcs through the film and they end in a different place than where they began. Yeah. They both do. I could see a version of this where there's not a sci-fi angle in it and I'd probably still enjoy it even though there were moments because of that sci-fi angle that made me say, oh shit! <laughs> I totally agree. I can see you. I can see what you're saying. Like, I can see a version without the sci-fi of just a road trip of brothers bonding that 
when they start the movie, they're kind of not on the same page, and things change as, as they go on this quote-unquote road trip. I could easily see that as like a regular movie, where this is got that, but it's also the backdrop of their science fiction stuff going on, too. So, yeah, it just yeah. I could totally see that. Well, and that's the thing. That, I think, is part of why some people were kind of bothered by this. Number one, I think because of the left turn at the end, which we will discuss when we get to spoilers. But because yeah. <laughs> they, they keep that sci-fi angle so low-key, there's really just, like, little bits here and there to remind you of it where there's these, like, guys pursuing them. that they, They're kind of like the bounty hunters from Critters. It, and right. then because it's so low-key, I think that's why some people are going to, like, get hit by that ending. And I think some people are going to see it like the ending of 10 Cloverfield Lane where even though... It's in line with the information presented yeah. in the film. I think some people are going to see it as completely out of left field and not like it. But I took one other thing I liked about yeah, this. I, I think that's a big thing is that the twist, I think, I don't know. I You, you are the only person I know that's seen it. But I'm assuming maybe that twist, once we talk about it, it, it I could see it turning off some people being like, it's, it's I, I didn't have a problem with it, but I think there are some people that may have not, enjoyed that like pretty much it's, it's pretty much almost a sort of thing as they, as they call it in professional wrestling but it's like it's like you you lead someone that you're expect you're, you're expecting something the entire movie and they take like a sharp sharp u-turn at the, at the very end and uh, kind of do something but i didn't have a problem with it i thought it was mm-hmm. you know actually kind of uh unexpected so i think also the problem maybe is i saw the trailer for this and the trailer makes it look a lot more like it's going to have a lot more action in it. I don't, need, I didn't need it, but I'm saying I think it maybe a lot of the critics. I think probably I think I saw a couple of reviews saying that it was very. I did, I thought it was slow paced, but I saw others saying that it was just like not like you said. There's not much actual action with the weapon itself. That I think a lot of people thought was more of like, oh man, it's going to be kid versus aliens type thing. I think. I don't know. I, I again, that may be the marketing, but I mean, I don't, at the same time, I don't think they were looking at this to be a big, huge uh, hit. It was made on a thirty million dollar budget, so uh, so I mean, I, I don't know. So maybe um, it's just not a small, but it's not a, a huge budget for a movie like this. So um, yeah, so I don't know. Well, and I'll tell one other thing that I did like about it before we get to the spoilers. I, I liked one other way that it felt almost like a throwback in terms of the structure and the story is that it had kind of an edge to it, I think, because there's a good deal of gun violence. They go to a strip club, where mm. granted there's little to no stripping, but it, it's not something you expect right. to see in a quote-unquote family film. So, yeah, it kind of right. fit all these checkboxes that I see from people who wish that modern movies had these things, like a focus on character, edge in a family film, yeah, uh, not being a special effects phantasmagoria, so I guess I'm having just a little bit of a hard time understanding why it's been received just so incredibly lukewarm by people that feel that way. I don't. I, I read a few reviews on Letterboxd, and most of them were that weren't just entirely dismissive. I felt like there were some issues regarding the tone and the dialogue, but I didn't think either of them were really an issue. Yeah, I mean, I think you said. It, I think the way to describe the movie is it's part family drama, part science fiction adventure, but it's like. Not exactly, I don't know, I did see a lot of 
bad reviews as well, people talking about the acting and, you know, the dialogue and um, stuff like that, which I think part of it, and I know you're talking about, um, which is a very good point about people wanting these kind of movies and then they don't end up seeing them or not liking them. I think it's just, again, it's one of those things where they put it out in the middle of September where or beginning of September where it's like everyone's movied out by all the big budget blockbusters and you kind of, I don't know, it's like it's a niche thing. And I think it will find its audience once it gets released Blu-ray digital. I think it's going to become, hopefully become one of those like cult movies that like five or ten years from now people will be talking about. Or it could just fade into obscurity like a lot of these kind of movies. But I, I do give them credit for what they did and tried to make. I think mm-hmm. it's a shame that these kind of movies don't do better. But I yeah. think it's just we're so conditioned by marketing and these big movie companies that we should only care about these giant, you know, I'm part of the problem because, you know, I, I enjoy the Marvel and comic book movies, but we're, we're supposed to only notice these giant blockbuster effect, crazy movies. And something like this comes out, it's sort of like, Oh, Oh yeah, that's not, that's not. And I think it was even, I don't think it was in limited release, but I, I feel that it wasn't in a wide, wide release either. So, hmm. um, I think that also part of the problem is they kind of treated it as like a little, you know, it's, it's put out, it wasn't put out by a major studio, so I, I, I think that's another problem, too. Yeah, so, it certainly didn't have know, a huge but... push behind it or anything. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to the spoilers, and just so you know, if it comes up, I will be referring to that grenade the future soldier people threw as a time bomb. Um, <laughs> I, I like the fact they never explain where exactly they're from, if it's like the future or a different dimension right. or another planet or whatever. Yep. Um, and honestly, yeah. okay, the, the big swerve at the end, uh, we find out the that the gun is from someplace else, another dimension, whatever, and that is actually where the kid is from too and he's been hidden on Earth. So in the last right. ten minutes we find out that this actually is one of those quote-unquote chosen one stories but instead of beating us over the head with it the whole time, like Jupiter Ascending or the entire eight films of Harry Potter, it's just at the very end, and that actually really worked for me, because if you do it the other way, the story's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. No, I... I and that that was one of the least things I... I, I, I was not bothered by the story. I actually thought it was kind of a nice... Like you said, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't see it coming, and I thought it was a, kind of a kind of. And maybe again, I'm wondering if people just thought like, oh, they, like you said, they don't really explain. People want explanations and order, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't see any of that in the negative reviews, but I'm wondering if that's part of it too. It's where like they kind of, like you said, it's pretty much the last couple minutes of the movie where you find all this out, and you kind of just left, kind of like, okay, well, that's cool, but like, I, I almost feel like I said that's what like I almost felt like it was a setup to a. I felt like it was a two-hour pilot for a, a like a, a, a sci-fi show or, or something. Not in a bad way, but like in a good way. Like that, it could have legs in that. But like, I get that it wasn't meant to be that. So I think there's just there's just that too. So I don't I don't know. I mean, again, it was based on a short film. They stretched out a lot as they did, anyways. Well, I, I think we've been I didn't conditioned mind stretching out at certain points, but uh, I think we've been conditioned for that though because you said you. Felt so, like it was a setup for a sequel. I didn't feel that way at all, but I've certainly seen other people say that. See, for me, I think, mm. the, yes, there are threads left that, that they could follow to make what would likely be a very different kind of film. But because the focus for everything but those last two minutes is on the character arc of those two, <laughs> I felt right. wholly satisfied with the ending. I felt like that's the story that they really wanted to tell. And that 
yeah. all this was doing was kind of uh, bringing things to a close for that. Like, I, I was completely satisfied with the story as it is. I didn't feel at all like it's trying to set up a sequel. I think the fact that they did that reveal at the end, I think people are so used to seeing these movies. Like, Brid I haven't even seen most of them, but the ones I've heard complaints about, like Bridge of Terabithia and Golden Compass and stuff like that, where people forget that they have to okay. make that first movie an actual story that's satisfying before they focus on the sequels. I just didn't right. feel that way about this one. But I think maybe people have been conditioned to that point where now they think that yeah, it's about that's setting up part a sequel. Yeah. yeah, I think that's part of it is people are just conditioned to the fact of like, oh, we're supposed to be told at the beginning that this person is the chosen person and this is the character that we're supposed to, as opposed to just letting the story tell itself. But I mean, I, I'm interested to see, like I said, when this gets a wider audience, when it gets to digital or, or Blu-ray, whatever you call it nowadays. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see where it kind of goes there or if it's going to be one of those things that was, is forgotten pretty quickly because I don't know. Like I said, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I respect it. And I, I, wasn't bored, and I did like the twists and stuff. I think it's worth seeing. If you know what you, like, you knew what you were going in to see. Like, if you know what you're going to get, if you know what kind of movie it is, you shouldn't have a problem. But if you're like thinking it's going to be like a sci-fi blowout like movie, then you're gonna probably be uh, disappointed. Mm-hmm. Taking it for what it actually is, it's not bad. I gave it like three, three, three stars, three and a half. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and, uh, okay, actually, maybe we were closer than I expected that, because, yeah, I, I actually gave about three and a half stars. Uh, it didn't blow me away, but I thought it was a okay, very yeah, solid so, film. Yeah, so I, actually, I guess we're not that far. I thought we were far apart, but maybe we're not. So, I, I it's, it's generally a good movie. Yeah, I, I would definitely so. rather bring my kids to see this than most of the trash that's out there. Yeah, I, that's the other thing, though. I was like, I don't... It's, yeah, like, those fucking awful movies that are supposed to be for kids, but you they look like garbage. You know, even the kids don't want to see them. Like, that fucking one with the robotic dog that you know is a shitty movie, and your kid's going to know it's a shitty movie, but they're trying to market it for kids, and it's like, no kid wants to see that movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just some stupid executive came up with that, and it's like, oh, this is what kids want to see. And it's like, no, no, they don't. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I, it's like, I had a kid, I would bring him to see this movie. Like, this is a good, like, family, like you said, like a, a family friendly intro to cool stuff that you don't have to worry about. Yeah, like, there's a strip club, but there's no stripping. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, 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 I dig it. Um, well, I love it, but yeah. I, I don't. Well, and I think the gunplay in the strip club and stuff, like, I think it lends it that little bit of an edge, that little bit of danger that right. I recognize in most of the movies that I loved as a kid, like, Ghostbusters was not made for kids, but I sure ta- uh, glommed onto it as a kid, just like a lot of people my age did. Um, Gremlins had that cartoon right. violence that was uh, the Indiana Jones right. movies were, especially oh, Temple of Doom. I was thinking of the Indiana Jones movies; those were like, mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah. There's the, a the lot kids. of stuff from the you know, look at the eighties movies. The, the yeah. kids swearing so, in the movies, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot different, but it, it, it was there was a lot more. I don't know. It, 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 you look at the eighties movies, and it's like they actually kind of were a lot more not risque, but like they weren't for kids. But like as a kid, you didn't pick up on the stuff that you weren't supposed to pick up on. Like you said, Ghostbusters. Like there's a lot of 
subtlety in that movie that you don't get till you're older and like, oh, I get like, you don't get a lot of the jokes and stuff, but you still see, you're amazed by the special effects and the story and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of like something like, I mean, it might be a, those might have been a little too scary for, for younger kids, but like, you know what I mean? Like kids, I mean, they made a cartoon of it for a reason and all toys and stuff and merchandise. So, wow, we talked a lot about Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's, I think that's going to do it. We talked about Kin, we talked about Peppermint. As we mentioned, we're going to do another episode next week where we talk about uh, trailers and news and such. Yeah, we'd love to have yeah, feedback and I can bitch on about how you think it works. Blu-ray. Yeah, I can bitch about Community on Blu-ray being delayed to October 2nd at the last minute. Um, no, um, but yeah, I think that, so let us know what you think of this new format of um, us doing like the movie review separate from everything else. So um, we're playing around with some different things, but um, as usual, you can find us on Facebook at Isle of the Damned, on Twitter at Isle of the Damned, no, no ED. Uh, also, you can uh, find me on Facebook if you want at my name, uh, Kent, who is killing it as always with his art stuff, uh, CTK Studios. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what else. Can't anything else? <laughs> That's all I can think of. Uh, thank you very much for right. the name drop there, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to doing more of these uh, as a. In, yeah, I'm thinking uh, it'll probably take about the same amount of time to put them together considering uh, they should be shorter and hopefully breaking it up into bite-sized chunks will help people uh, take it along but the, uh, yeah we're uh, we're doing that we've got some other changes coming up and hopefully you'll stick with us through them yeah so uh, enjoy your week and um, watch some flicks Down on the floor, but now he's not satisfied to do it anymore. He's got a funny habit, and I don't know why. He walks around the ceiling now, a stepping on the flies, baby brother. Baby brother, he learned to crawl on the kitchen wall, baby brother. Just the other day, well, I bless my soul I found him swimming round in the goldfish bowl Since nobody told him that he had an order He swam around for hours with his head underwater Baby brother, baby brother You may swim all you wish, but don't eat the fish, baby brother But it's plain to see that he's not one of us Now where'd we get him? I know you're going to ask it Well, we found him on the porch in a crazy little basket Baby brother Baby brother and Though your hair is blue We think another world of you, baby brother I bought my baby brother a toy balloon He let it get away and it floated toward the moon Instead of crying, he just climbed up on the fence He started to flap his arms And we ain't seen him since A baby brother Baby brother Though your 
out for outer spaces I can still see your faces, baby brother Baby brother Baby brother Me. I got a friend who wants to go see it, so I'm sure I'll end up seeing it oh, on yeah. the show. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll see it. I know, I know I'm going to end up seeing it, because my friend will be like, oh, it's comic book, we have to see it. I mean, I saw Fantastic Four in the fucking theater, but I didn't see this, like, it's kind of sad. I did not, I don't think, no, I didn't see Catwoman in the theater. I think that was my lowest point. I don't think I saw Catwoman in the theater. Well, he, uh, I he wants see to Jenna see, Hansen. well, he wants to see Venom, and I'm going to take him to see Hunter Killer, yeah. so... Gonna watch Gerard Butler talk out of the side of his mouth. 